from the new American standard. The screen before you shall have those verses if you do not have a new American standard. Amen. Um, before we get started, just I'm praying that each of you will have a blessed yes. Christmas. A blessed yes. Christmas. Yes. Uh, make sure that Jesus is the main reason for the season. Amen. So, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Uh, fire from heaven to earth. We're uh, going to try to conclude this, this portion of uh, this, just this portion of Church on Fire. Amen. Reading from verse Five, read as such from the New American Standard. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. For this reason also, God the Father highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name which is above every name, that so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Those that are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every knee, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, we um, humble ourselves under your mighty hand. We just ask that you will have your way, Lord. Move Tracy out of the way and allow me to become a vessel of your glory. Allow us to see Jesus high and lifted up. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Allow me just for a moment to be a movie producer. Allow me to direct the scenes, the, the script, to, to focus the cameras on, on that Bethlehem story. Allow me to perhaps tell it in a way that you ne have never heard it before. If you were here last week, you, you know that I don't start my story in Bethlehem. If I was to start the story, I, 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 would, I, would, I would go up through the clouds, through the sky, through the atmosphere and stratosphere, and I would peer into heaven. I, I would stroll down heaven Boulevard, and I will join with Isaiah and see what Isaiah saw in Isaiah 6, where he saw, he saw God on a throne high and lifted up. And, the, and his train filled the temple. And the angels are so enthralled, so caught up, so raptured in his presence that they can't even look at his glory. And they are singing in chorus, shouting out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Somebody will ask the question, why would you start there? Because I think that's the proper picture. I think if you really can understand the Bethlehem story, you got to see him more than a baby in the manger. You got to see the cost that he paid to, to be that baby in the manger. Understand that, that, that Christ is God, so he has no beginning. But before there was a earthly incarnation, that he was, he was worshipped, he was praised as God in heaven by all the angels. And because he loves us, For you, for me, because we needed a savior. 
Some people say it's in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 2. What does it mean that he emptied himself? I wish I could explain that, but I really can't explain it. <laughs> I, I think that perhaps the picture, and I agree with this, this, this commentary, that perhaps what we need to do is remember that him being God wrapped himself up in limited human flesh, and he became like us. Yeah. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. I don't think y'all heard that. Hold on. God who stood on nothing and called everything into existence. Let the, let the screen go to Philippians chapter 2. He who stood on nothing and spoke and everything came into existence. He who, who is God, God all by himself, self-satisfied, self self-content, don't need nothing or nobody. Y'all don't hear me. Saw the need that we have. And the Bible said he humbled himself. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 verse 6. He humbled himself and became like one of without the sin nature. But, but, but knowing what it means to be tired. God had never been tired in his entire existence. And he'd been existing forever. No, 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 no one wants to mean to be hungry. I mean, he became like us. My, my brothers and sisters, until we enter into the sacrifice that he made to save us, we can't praise him correctly. Until we get a glimpse of, of, of the price that he paid, even before he went to the cross, uh, our praise is really kind of shallow. Until we recognize that the story did not begin at Bethlehem, but it began before Bethlehem. But Bethlehem showed God intervening into our situation, then we can't really praise him enough. Because I hate to say it, but I got to be truthful with some of us. Some of us want to keep Jesus as a baby in Bethlehem. But, but when you see that, 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 that God who, who created everything wrapped himself up in human flesh and allowed himself to come down 42 generations, be born in the, in the bloodline of David and Abraham, and allowed himself to be wrapped up in a manger, you really ought to stand there at the manger with your mouth open saying, I can't believe he did this for me. It boggles the imagination. Even the angels stooped out of heaven and said, what in the world is going on? And we say the story, we tell the story, and we allow Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer story. We allow Frosty the Snowman story. We allow... The Grinch that uh, stole Christmas story. We allow Charlie Brown and his poor, pitiful-looking Christmas tree. <laughs> to be just as important. To take the share of the stage. Allow our, I mean, there's nothing wrong with those stories, but they're not true. And unless we, we are bending the ears of our kids and grandkids and tell them the true story, then all they know is that Rudolph had a shiny nose. If we don't tell the story, who's going to tell it? Look what it says. 
Though he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to grab, to hold on to. Well, why did he come anyway? God so loved me and you. If you want to know how much he loved us, he came one of us. Man, love don't, you know, love got action to it. Love, it's easy to say I love you, but, but, but if you can't help me when, that, when nobody else can help me, then don't tell me you love me. God went into action because he loved us. Somebody says, wait a minute, wait a minute, preacher. Show me something. Okay. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, we, we have Adam here. We have Adam here in the garden, and God is, is giving him commandment. Eve is not made yet. Adam is, is stretching his wings as commander-in-chief of earth. He, he understands that he, he got authority. He's a bad boy. He's running things. And God tells him there's two trees. There's the tree of life, there's the tree of knowledge, and the day that you eat of the tree of knowledge, the day that you disobey, the day that you think you're on God, you will surely die. Next verse. Notice what he says. You would die spiritually, you would die physically. That, that the connection that we have would be separate. And Adam, you are the representative for all of mankind. What happens to you will happen to everyone that is born through you, man. Notice, since God told Adam, Adam is the one that is responsible. Notice, since God told Adam... It has nothing to do with Eve. Notice since God told Adam, the curse of a fallen nature is transferred not through the woman, but through the man. Hold on, ladies. Y'all not, y'all not, y'all not, y'all not off the hook either. Since it took a man for you to be born, you got a sin nature too. And the same way it takes for us to be saved, it takes for you to be saved. Let's go. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Genesis 3. Genesis 3, verse, 11, verse 3 and 11. I'm not going to go all these verses, but that's okay. Now, Satan can't get in the mind of Eve and Adam, so he comes through a snake. And what the snake said what did God say? You know, Satan will always get you in a conversation. If you're not speaking the word of God, don't think you can outsmart the devil. Matter of fact, don't even listen to him. Start quoting some verses. Start giving God the praise. Open up your Bible. Speak the word. And if you speak the word enough, he'll shut up. But if you sit there and talk, to him, he'll mess you up. Look what it said. And the serpent said to the one, you were not sure. He actually come back and tell her that God don't know what he's talking about. Next verse. For God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Listen. The devil always going to try to tell you God's trying to hold back from you. But the truth of the matter is, God's way is the right way. And when we do it God's way, God got a blessing for you. It may not come when you think it ought to come, but the blessing is on its way. Some of y'all been waiting for your blessing. I'm here to say, keep on holding on. Keep on trusting God. Your blessing is on the way. If you trust in God and doing it his way, even 
though it looks like everybody else is prospering, hold on to your, to your faith. Hold on and trust God. Keep on telling yourself, my blessing is on my way. Look, I'm trusting you, Lord. And don't people talking about me. Though it looks like I'm losing. It's not over till God says. It's not over till God says it's over. You may be going down for the third time, but, but wait a minute. Don't step out on your own. Wait till God says, wait a minute, I'm up to something. I'm walking in the background. You may not see what I'm doing, but if you hold on, I Verse 21. Verse 21. After they both sinned, I want you to see this. It was Adam when Eve disobeyed, nothing happened. But when Adam disobeyed, they recognized that they was naked. Listen, God covered them. What happened? Spiritually, they was disconnected from God. And because Adam, since we, all of us, it took a man, since we was born from a man, we were disconnected from God. Look what it says. And the Lord made a garment of skin for Adam ate and clothing. Something had to die. Where did he get the skin from? Something had to die. Instead of killing them, God killed something else and covered them so that he wouldn't have to kill them to hold back his judgment on them. Listen, blood had to be spilled. You know what? Already in Genesis chapter 3, the gospel is already being pictured. You know what he's saying? He said, I'm not going to kill you right now, but I'm going to cover you, make temporary provision for you until the real sacrifice comes. I'm going to hold back my judgment, but I want you to know, because you disobeyed me, something has to die. Hold on, hold on. Not just something. Somebody has to die. Adam says, you messed up. And, and, the, and, the, and since the, the, the law says, as I say, the judgment of sin is death instead of killing you. I'm just going to cover. I'm just going to cover temporarily. I'm going to put you in the skin of animals. But I want you to know, I'm painting a picture that what's going to save your sin is that someone going to come in the future and he's going to pay the price that you uh, there ought to be some shouting in the house because you ought to see Jesus in this text he is pointing to Jesus right here in Genesis so if anybody says that's ugly you can go back to the Old Testament and say, let me show it to you in the Old Testament, back then God provided whatever animal, but in the New Testament, he provided Jesus. That's why Noah's a name in heaven and earth can you be saved by other than the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. The angel comes to Mary. Mary is about 15 years old. She is betrothed, but not fully married, and she's a virgin. She's a virgin. Somebody says, why a virgin? Because a man couldn't be involved. Y'all didn't hear me. Jesus is the second Adam. 
which means where the first Adam fell, God now has to send a second Adam that didn't come from Adam, who takes the place of Adam, because the first Adam fell. So God had to make him a second Adam, an Adam that wouldn't fall at Satan's trick, an Adam that was bad enough, bold enough, good enough, holy enough, that would take all the devil had to throw at him and say, I won't sin. I won't fall for it. Someone that could tell the devil, get behind me. And the devil had to flee. Somebody that could take death, take sin, take it under the grave, and get back up and say, do you know who I am? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think y'all got it yet. So, so look what it says. Then the birth of Jesus was his father when his mother Mary had been bedroffed to Joseph before they came together, before they had sex. She was found to be with child, listen, of the holy. Your commentators will say, no, this just mean maiden, don't mean virgin. There, there's people who doubt this because they're such, they say, there can't be nothing called a virgin birth. But wait a minute. Don't God in the Old Testament do the impossible? Doesn't he make Sarah, who's 90, and Abraham, 100? Don't he take someone who is dead in her womb, been there for a long time, and a man who's been there for a long time, and one night wake them both up? That's a miracle. That's a miracle. She done been through her menstrual stage and all of that. And, and God said, wait a minute. I got a trick for you. Abraham ain't doing nothing. I mean nothing. I mean nothing. I mean nothing. But one night, I don't know what happened. Maybe he started thinking about something. He said, uh-oh. She said, uh-oh. Let me. When God get in the middle of stuff, dead stuff comes alive. Uh, Y'all don't hear me. It may be dead now. Give it to Jesus. Give it to the Lord. I declare he specializes in calling dead stuff and making it live again. That is a picture. That is a picture of God saying, I'm going to mess with your birth process. I'm going to mess, I'm going to mess y'all up again. And the Holy Ghost came over Mary and wrapped Jesus. The second person of God had wrapped him up. And this is what I, this, 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 this boggles the imagination in me. A Jesus who, 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 who was up on the throne, high and lifted up. I mean, I mean, I mean, they didn't want for nothing. But saw us who was made out of dust. Step down. And with each step, he took off something. And with each step, he put on something. He put on what we are. He, he put on what, what we made. He, 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 he came all the way down and rode in dust. Somebody said, what do you mean he rode in dust? Don't you remember in Genesis that God formed the dust of the earth and formed you and I? Our physical body is nothing but dust, but Jesus became dust in order to become like us. And though his outward was dust, his inside was God. How can I say this? Why is this so important? Because if you keep Jesus 
in the manger, then you can't believe him for your blessing. Unless you see him for who he is, he's not powerful enough to save you. But when you see what God, the, the, the level what God went through to save you, it lets you know that God is not standing aloof of you. He is intimately involved with you. And even though you're going through your mess, he said, I promise I will never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody said, well, how I know that is true? Well, all you got to do is go to the cross and see Jesus got in the midst of all our mess and said, I'm going to take your sins on myself to let you know I care for you. How can I say this? If anybody ought to praise God. I, I agree with that song. The more mess you've been in, the more trouble you've been in, and you know for yourself that nobody could have delivered you but Jesus, you ought to have some praise. Some of y'all act like y'all haven't been through nothing. But the truth of the matter is, all of us been into some mess. All of us been in some situations. It wasn't nobody but the Lord that delivered us. The fact is, some of us recognize it, some of us don't. But when you recognize that nobody could have saved you but Jesus, you don't mind giving God the praise. You, are mar you, you marvel at the fact that he got in your mess, clean up your dirt. Some of us is ashamed to tell anybody what we used to be like. I'm not saying you ought to tell everybody, but you ought to be willing to share with somebody when you see that they're where you used to be. You can say, honey, hey man, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. You look at me now, but we go back 40 years ago. Twenty years ago, ten years ago, seven years ago, five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, go back a year ago. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah. Isaiah, who is, Isaiah 7:14, who is 700 and about 50 years, 740 years before the coming of Christ, he speaks, he writes, so that there would be no doubt in, 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 in the signpost, in, in the sign, of, in the symbol of, of when a Christ comes, of how it would happen. There was a lot of people who were claiming to be Christ, but, but they didn't fit the script. What you mean? Before it happened, it was written that it was going to happen and how it was going to happen. Oh, somebody said, well, well, how can that be? See, when God is in something... The impossibility becomes the possible. God had his hands on the prophets as they wrote, and they wrote without error, seeing into the future what God, matter of fact, I don't think they even understood what they was writing. How could they? They were just told what to write as the Holy Ghost governed what they was writing. Some of y'all are calling 800 numbers. Some of y'all are going to folks who say they can read your palm. Some of y'all are, 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 are looking at the horoscope and let the stars, the stars determine what your blessing going to be. Some of y'all are trying to find somebody who claims to be something, something, somewhere to speak into your life. 
You ought to be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Wait a minute. I don't need nobody to go to God for me. I, I got the Holy Ghost. I can go to God for myself. I, I'm glad I got some brothers, some sisters that can join and agree with me in prayer. But wait a minute. I'm not looking for somebody that's speaking to my life. I know how to hear from God. I know the voice of God. I read the Word of God. And the Word of God says he would never leave me nothing. Let me ask you, it's already written. Are you believing what's written? Because what's written is enough to keep you. But I thank God that even sometimes he'll send you an additional personal word that help you believe what's already written. Uh, let, let me, let me, let me hurry. We can preach on this all night. Let's, 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 let's go Isaiah say. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son. And his name shall be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Hold on. How could he dip into, see into the future? It, how, how in the world? You know what? That's why I don't care who knocks on your door. I don't care who says that this is just like another book. There are too many exact prophecies in the Bible that makes it stand alone from all other books. Well, what about that seer named, named Dominus who, who, who got a book out that they said it, 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 it tells the future? Have you ever read it? Have you ever looked at it? Have you ever looked how, how vague and nonsense it is? And he is not speaking into the future. Well, the Bible pinpoints exactly. The devil tried to tell the future, but he don't know the future. You know, how can I say this? We need to open up our eyes and thank God for what we have and just trust him. For what he has already done. Let's, where I want to go. Second Peter 1 and 21. Look, look at this. Watch, watch this. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 21. And what it says there is he is speaking to uh, those about the scripture and really what, what Peter has already said, he said, hey, I, I, I'm an eyewitness. I'm an eyewitness. In verse 16, he said, he said, we beheld his glory. We saw it for ourselves. He said, he says, he says, we saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. But then he says this, he says, but we have an even more sure way of knowing that Jesus is the Christ. And this is what he says. He says, well, let's read it. He says, but we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we... For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such as a utterance as this was made to him on the majesty glory, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. He's talking about Matthew chapter 17 and Jesus is on the mountain. John and James is up there with Peter and they see him with Moses and Elijah and Peter now is recounting the story. He said, I seen it for myself. I heard it for myself. We ourselves heard this other made from heaven, and we were with him on that holy mountain. Verse 19. So we have the prophetic word made more sure. So listen to what he's saying. He said, the prophetic word, which is our Bible, is even more sure than what we saw. Some of us is waiting to see something. But if you believe something, you will see something. 
You see the sun in the sky. You see the stars at night. You see the birds in the air. You see the glory of majesty on, in, in creation. And that ought to be enough to make you believe. God doesn't have to do anything else to make us believe. Look what it says. It says, it says, we would do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in dark places until the day dawn and the morning shine and the rise in your heart. But know that no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But man was moved by the Holy Ghost and they spoke from God. You know what he's talking about? The prophets and the, and the apostles who put the word of God together. How you know? Because the prophecies that was written before was totally fulfilled in that they saw into the future. To, they pinpointed it. Every T was crossed. Every I was dotted. Every person that I know that have done a investigation, a serious investigation on the life of Christ that was trying to discount who he was. Notice what I said. A true, honest investigation turned out to be a believer when they checked all the records. <laughs> they came to the place of either saying one or two things. He's a historical figure. The facts are there. The miracles he did, he was either a crazy man, but then how do you account for the miracles? He was either a person full of the devil, but then how do you account for the good things he did? Or he is who he says he is. How can I say this? I'm just going to say it. Don't miss Jesus this Christmas. The greatest gift that you can, can, can open is Jesus. See, there may be some folks, you're here because traditionally you come on, 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 on Christmas, but you see Jesus in the manger. But I want you to see more than Jesus in the manger. I want you to see the pre-incarnated Christ who sit high in glory, being worshipped by all the angels. I want you to see him stepping down out of glory to, to become like one of us, to live for us the perfect life that we couldn't live for ourselves. I want you to see Jesus allowing men to put him on the cross. And on the cross, there was a change that he became a curse on a tree so that God could take the righteousness of Jesus Put it on us. Take the sins of us. Put it on Jesus. Deal with the sins so that he can set us free. I want you to see them putting them in a borrowed tomb. Well, why did they put him in a borrowed tomb? Because he wasn't going to stay there long. I want you to see early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. I want you to see that while Jesus was laying there in that tomb, God the Father came down, picked up his son, spoke life to his son. But wait a minute. When Jesus got up, we got up because he came and got Jesus. He came and got us because Jesus put us in himself. That's something to shout about. Go back to Philippians chapter 2. Look what it says. Look what it says in verse 8. Look what it says in verse 8. This is what he's saying in verse 8 in Philippians. So he emptied himself. He humbled himself. He became obedient to death. Even the death of the cross. Whoever dies on the cross is a curse. He took the curse from you and I and put it on himself. There's an exchange program. What you mean? There's an exchange program. Jesus will take what you got and give you what he is. I don't know about you, 
That sounds like a good deal. He'll take you from being a wretch undone to being a saint. He'll take you from being condemned to being sanctified. He'll take you from being messed up, jacked up from the floor up. Put your feet on a solid rock. He'll take you from judgment to grace. He'll take you from being an enemy of God to a friend of God. Is there anybody in the house who's glad that Jesus done changed your situation? You used to be messed up, but now you're set up. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Wait a minute, listen. For this reason, for this reason, what reason? That he did it for you and for I. For this reason, God the Father has highly, listen, as God the Father has exalted him, how much more should we exalt him? Listen, he's not in the manger anymore. He's not in, a, in, in Bethlehem anymore. He's not on the cross no more. He's not in the tomb anymore. Matter of fact, I had a thought. Now, I don't have enough evidence for this thought, but I still had a thought. Let me tell you this thought. I think what Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 6, it may not just be the pre-incarnated Christ, but it just may be the exalted risen Christ. Hold on. How did you know I was going there? You had that thought too? Because the other scripture says, that he's sitting on the throne on the right hand of the Father. Doesn't it say that the angels are praising him? Doesn't it say that he's high and lifted up? Doesn't it say that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess? Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. If we saved, we shouldn't wait until everybody else does it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you to see this. Even folks who don't believe in him, even folks that don't love him, even folks who stand against him in that day when they see him, with all his glory, everything in them is going to praise him. They're going to have the can't help this. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Stop your heart from beating. Anybody do it? How I know you didn't do it? Because you'd be on the floor dead right now. But because your heart is an involuntary muscle which means you don't control it. God is smart enough to know if you could control it, you would mess it up. So there's some muscles, he makes it so you have nothing to do with it, that he regulates it. He keeps it beating. And when he wants it to stop, it will stop beating. God is still in control. You think you own your own body, but God is still regulating things in your body. If it wasn't for God keeping your mind, you would lose your mind. There's certain things he don't put in our control because if we control it, we would mess it up. But God said, let me give you some control, but I'm going to keep ultimate control. Listen, just like there is involuntary muscles in our body, 
in that day when everyone sees Christ, when Muhammad sees him, when, when Farrakhan sees him, when Confucius sees him, when Harold Mary sees him, when Charles Manson sees him, when the worst person in the world sees him, they're going to kneel. They can't help themselves. Every, every, every autumn in their body, every molecule in their body, gonna, gonna, gonna bow and praise him. I'm not gonna wait. I'm not gonna wait till I see him in glory. I see enough of him right now when I think about all that he has done for you and I. I got the can't help this right now. Is there anybody in the house got the can't help this? When you think about how good he's been to you, you ought to have the can't help this. You don't have to wait until we see him in his glory. You see enough of his glory to say, I bow, I worship, I praise you. See, if God be good to you, you ought to praise him. If God has kept you, you ought to praise him. If God made a way out of nowhere, you ought to praise him. If you're saved and sanctified, you ought to praise him. If God kept you, you ought to praise him. If God made a way out of nowhere, you ought to praise him. The church, the church on fire, on fire, on fire, on fire. Myself. Look back over my life. God been good. God been good. God is good. Holy, 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 glory. Hallelujah. I praise you. I praise you. Thank you. Thank you. folks who say they see him and can't praise him. Look up. Look up. He's high. He's holy. He's sitting on the throne and he's coming back. Holy. That you can't praise him is that you must not know him. Because once you know him, once he saves you, once he proves himself to you over and over and over. I mean, when you don't deserve it. I mean, when you've been bad, but it keeps on being good. I mean, when you take it down for the last time, and he comes and he sweeps you up, when you should have lost your mind, you would have lost your mind, but he comes to put his hands over your mind and keep you in. If you know him, you ought to praise him. If you know him, you ought to praise him. If you know him, you ought to. Everybody else is going to be forced against their will to praise him. But we that know him are going to willingly bow 
at his feet. I said, thank you. I never would have made it. Never would have made it. If it had not been for you, oh, my son, Lord, I thank you. Know what you ought to do when you get up this, this, this Christmas? Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. In spite of my situation, Lord, I thank you. In spite of my circumstances, Lord, I thank you. May not have nothing under the table, but Lord, But Lord, I thank you. May not have everything I want. But Lord, I thank you. Going through hell and high water. But Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. You've been so good. You've been so good. My question. Do you know him? Not church. Not your name on the road. But have you experienced the Lord Jesus Christ to the place you can't help yourself but praise him? And know you cry sometimes. And though it hurts sometimes, at the end of the day, Lord, who else can I run to? Lord, you've been the best thing that ever happened to me. If I couldn't say a word, I would just... Lord, I, I worship you. Lord, I praise you. I don't need a whole choir. It's good when we have it, but sometimes you got to be by your... Going through the storm. Don't know what to do. Look up to the hills, but we've come of your help. But your help comes exhausted everything back up against the wall feel like quit don't look down look up he'll come see about you the bible said he'll come down on the wings of an eagle he'll ride a cloud down and let you know that you're his own when everybody else done left, he said, hold on, I'm here. I promise you, I will never leave you. Nothing. He's real. He's real. Today, I got preachers.